Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful Wrestling Podcast. It is April 1st, and we are talking all kinds of stuff. Tonight, NXT TakeOver, WWE Hall of Fame. Going to talk a little bit of ROH Supercard of Honor. Haven't had time to watch it yet. I'm going to talk a little bit about Joey Janela's spring break. Going to talk about the WWN situation, Drew McIntyre. There's a lot going on right now. First and foremost, NXT TakeOver. That, that, was, that was the show of the night. But uh, also going on during that time was ROH, uh, Supercard of Honor, also the WWN Super Show. I am joined by Fightful Associate Editor Alex Palowski. What's up, Alex? What's up, Sean Rossap? How are you? That's gimmick infringement, almost. Almost. I was very close. My wife pulled it off on the Members Only Show yesterday, which you guys can check out by registering at Fightful.com. I will never release those shows. We, uh, my wife and I uh, reviewed the Belko experiment. I talked about how I would lay out a Goldberg-Lesnar match to get about eight minutes out of it. That's a fun time. Also, I tell the story about how and why I joined and left a site called Cage Passion Media. On each of those, I will tell a story about how I joined and left a place. I think i got to get Mike Straw on the fan-sided one. That's how I met him. Also on the show... Anna Bauer of WWE's Most Ridiculous, a wonderful segment we have running every week. Anna, here's, here's the burning question. Yeah? Will your video be out in the morning? That's the question, isn't it? Um, we will you're, see. You're getting like South Park levels of close here. Because they, yeah. they barely make their deadlines. Yeah, it's looking like that right now, to be honest. Um, and I'm I'm pretty sick at the moment as well. So this is, is going to be a fun weekend. Look at that. It's a WrestleMania flu. It happens every year. <laughs> yeah, there you go. This was a, a pretty interesting show. Somebody asked if I turned heel because I'm wearing a suit. I, I'm just dressed nice. It's not my <laughs> fault that these slobs that I work with. Excuse me. I am dressed nice. I am representing. Thank you very much. 
I'm not uh, dressed nice. <laughs> guys, leave us a thumbs up. Of course, subscribe to us, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher. Visit Fightful.com. I'm opening up that WrestleMania 33 uh, live discussion tomorrow at noon. I want you all to come, hang out, eat your lunch. Tell me what you're having for lunch. How about that? That's 9 a.m. Pacific. So tell me if, if you're in California, tell me what you're having for breakfast. I don't even know what time it is in Hawaii. It's probably like 5 a.m. If you can't sleep and you're in Hawaii, come over to our live coverage. All week, we got all kinds of cool stuff coming up. Of course, Fightful.com. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, NXT in a moment, but a few of the things you might have missed on Fightful.com. Uh, Fightful.com has learned that Alberto El Patron uh, does not have a contract with Impact Wrestling. We're going to have more on that this week. Also, you may have heard me dropping some hints. WWE is interested in the Omega Library. Uh, may be a part of some hardy negotiations, may not. Also something that we learned, uh, and of course you can get this by visiting Fightful.com every day. EC3's Impact Wrestling contract extends through summer 2018. Carlos Toro of Fightful.com caught up with Sexy Star. She said, hey guys, I'm not retired, contrary to what every other website besides Fightful reported. Uh, That's over there as well. Fightful's uh, Brandon Howard. Go to features and under Brandon Howard, he took a look analytically about if Roman Reigns is a draw or not. You're not going to get that anywhere else. That's pretty cool. Um, Also, uh, Shane Helms told, tells us that Impact Wrestling is still seeking out partnerships to employ. <sighs> and the people that I've talked to backstage at Impact, uh, they're not happy about what Impact is doing to the Hardy Brothers. Of course, visit Fightful.com for all kinds of expansive stories like that. We have podcasts with Shane Helms, Matt Riddle every week. You can get early access to those by registering for free at Fightful.com. And uh, I've left those shows open for this weekend. That way you all can get a taste if you've never been here before. NXT TakeOver Orlando. Alex, what do you think of the show? Um, again, it's one of those things where this, I think, was the peak of this phenomenon. Uh, like, you go into the show and you're like, ah, man. Like, there's some stuff that I want to see, sure. But I'm not like, wow, I can't wait for the show. And starting off from the very beginning, the first match was so much more fire than it should have been and continued on through the rest of the night. Um, TakeOver is about exceeding expectations. And that's what they did again for me tonight. I'll ask you this, Alex, before I ask Anna how she feels. Would you have enjoyed the show if the match order was different? Because it seemed like the two, I don't want to say worst matches on the show, the two slower-paced matches went on last. Um, I mean, uh, listen, there's different kinds of matches that they work in NXT all the time. And it appears almost constantly that the final match, the NXT Championship match, is always the quote-unquote storytelling match, where you're going to work an injury, these guys have a history... Uh, we're going to do a callback to uh, a spot from a previous match where one move, uh, a specific move, finished the guy last time. This time he's going to kick out of it. And they build to those moments in those matches. They're not as fast-paced um, as, say, the, the curtain jerkers, and they're not as technically sound uh, and innovative as the tag match. But um, 
but I, I, I honestly, I enjoyed them for what they were. I didn't, I didn't have a problem with them at all. Uh, I, I think that there's, um, they're building towards something with both these champions, Rude and Asuka. So when they lose, it's going to be a major deal. And they're using these matches in the interim to build that story as well. Anna, uh, your thoughts on the show as a whole and, and maybe a single favorite moment of the show. It doesn't have to be like a result or anything like that. Just a single favorite, maybe a spot. Um, it was a mixed bag for me. Um, it wasn't my favorite takeover, but I still really enjoyed it. And I appreciated the amount of variation there was between the matches. Because you had something like the first match, which was just chaotic and awesome. And the last match was still great, but it was a lot more slower paced and it wasn't about more storytelling than anything else. Um, my favorite spot, the first thing that comes to mind is Nikki Cross and Ruby Wright just brawling in the middle of the fucking ring. I'm really happy and excited about where this is going. And Oscar's momentous final like chapter of the heel turn. That was beautiful. So my wife watched this with me, so I got kind of like a casual fan perspective while I watched this show, too. And the first thing was she thought that Sanity's entrance was awesome, and it's hard for me to disagree, especially on this stage. They looked the part, and while they may not necessarily be top-flight dudes, they play their part so well. Uh, I love virtually everyone in this match, which was scheduled to be Roderick Strong, uh, No Way Jose, Ty Dillinger, and Ruby Riot taking on Sanity. I like No Way Jose, too, especially in uh, two settings. Live event settings and giant uh, arena settings, well, for NXT, like this, because he gets over big time. For the TV crowd, the regular TV crowd, it doesn't always work, but they they wrote him out, and I think that was a good move because you had to get Cassius Ono in. And when I heard that, I was like, well, that's a good way to get him in. And it was. It worked out great. Uh, Ruby Riot and Nikki Cross are just such fantastic additions to this this women's mm-hmm. roster. Uh, Anna, they like I mentioned this before. They emptied the cupboard over the last two years. Now they're yeah. finally starting to get it back. Uh, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay have exceeded expectations. You have Oscar and Ember Moon. You've got a good, solid six-pack of, of contenders here. Mm. Yeah, I'm. that was just – Ruby Riot's debut was awesome to begin with, and I was excited from the get-go. But seeing those two together, and even just something so small as when Nikki Cross tagged out, I can't remember who was tagged in, but one of the guys, which meant that Ruby had to tag in one of the guys. And she was just like, no, I want to fight this dude. And then she jumped on one of their backs, and just little things like that is just, yeah. And I love that she's the face in this. Someone that looks like her is the face. Yeah. Thank God they're finally going in this direction. And hopefully main roster will start to take some notes, please. Well, uh, they, they need to add some depth on the raw side. But, I mean, I, I don't know who they would call up out of out of the six there. I think they, they may just make do with what they have and accept Emma's coming back and maybe a Summer coming back. Yeah. I don't want them to call up any of these girls yet. I think give Nikki Cross and Ruby Riot a good lengthy – program of substance sure. and in terms of the main roster just I, if you're going to bring emma back as badass emma then go whole nine yards with her bring dana sure. brooke sure. back on give it something that's not being you know alex 
Alex, the Ray people in this match, who stood out to you the most? Oh, gosh. I, I mean, that's tough. Uh, Ono Ono is, is being primed for something big. Uh, I like him. Sure. I, I, I like, I like sanity. I mean, people don't like sanity. I like sanity. I love you telling me you can have like a weird post-apocalyptic intergender heel faction and I'm not going to pop for that. <laughs> like, that's awesome. Listen, like, listen, you all, you all can trash me about Pulp Fiction. Your boy is a fan of post-apocalyptic stuff. <laughs> I am a yeah. hey, world war Z. That's your boy's shit right there. Yeah. No, it's, uh, I, Eric Young is phenomenal in yeah. this role, and he is incredibly underrated for his versatility. If you want him to play a serious psycho, he can do it. If you want him to play a comedic character, he can do it. If you want him to ju- just go out there and be a guy, he can do it. I, I don't think he gets the, the appreciation that, that he deserves, and that, that will be a common trend among guys on this. A couple of spots I wanted to mention. That thing where Ruby Riot like, <laughs> throws – Nikki Cross into the buckle with her knees. That was cool. Huh. Also, Axel Tischer dancing and then Cassius Ono just knocking him out. Awesome. Incredible. Uh, sometimes I forget how good Roderick Strong is because he doesn't have the charisma that some other people do. He quickly reminds you who the hell he is and why he's so good. Uh, also, Ty Dillinger. We're going to talk about this guy next, Alex. This guy is so incredibly over, and I know they didn't plan it, and I know they always wanted him to just be a player coach, but in my opinion, you got to give him a shot on the main roster. Now, now here's the thing. When people were saying, God, I hope he ends up on SmackDown, I'm sitting there thinking, American Alpha can't get on TV on SmackDown. Like, ever. They only got on TV to drop the titles. That's it. And now that they did, they're in a battle royal. What do you think is best case scenario for a Ty Dillinger, Alex? Well, here, there's a lot of stuff. First, uh, Ty Dillinger in this match was incredibly over. When he got the hat tied and came in and was taking out everybody, the crowd was mental. It, it made zero sense to me that not only did he not get the victory, did his team not get the victory, but he took the pinfall. What they're building here to make Sanity be this very dangerous faction, that's fine. But to, to ignore what a huge momentum that Dillinger has is, uh, I don't understand it. Um, now, as far as what he can do in the main, on the main roster, I think your example of Alpha is interesting because I think they were brought up too early. Just because they had finally got over and were this huge thing, and then they lost the tag team titles again, and then they brought, were brought up immediately. I felt like they could have gotten more seasoning and and more name recognition by being the tag champions in NXT for people who don't watch NXT, but like pay kind of attention to it. They'll, if you, if you let alpha keep the tag belts for eight months, they would know who alpha was when they got called up as it was that nobody knew who they were. I think people now on the main roster casuals, at least they know who Ty Dillinger is. They're watching the Royal rumble. They saw him come in and watch everyone else knows who this guy is and he's a big deal that, that was I, and that was the concern at the rumble alex the, right. the concern was will fifty two thousand know who ty dillinger is i was there they knew who he was right so i think there's a chance that if he gets brought up and they do something right with him that he could that he could do something if for example if the miz still had the intercontinental title 
he and Dillinger could have an amazing program. They had that really cool Twitter back and forth a few months ago. That was great. But for me, what this, what this whole thing needs to build to is Ty Dillinger winning the NXT championship from Bobby Roode at TakeOver Brooklyn. Because that place will come unglued, and he, you know what? He can lose it the next month. He can lose it on a, on a you know, like a, a special thing that they do where they tour someplace else. Like he can do this this thing where he doesn't have to have it for very long, and then after that, you can take him up, bring him up on up to the main roster, and he can die on the vine there if you're not going to give him something to do, like you didn't do anything with Apollo Cruz. But but he needs to have that moment because it's been building and building and building and building. And there's, there's something in the works for what they're going to do to take the title off of Bobby Roode, and I really hope that's it. Anna, your, your thoughts on, on one Ty Dillinger, even though we've been, we pretty much went over it with a fine-tooth comb. Whoa, how do you feel? <laughs> no, I agree completely. I think we're talking on the last um, post-takeover that it needs to be something like that. They, Dillinger and Roode need to have that kind of a program. And I really hope Alex is right. I really hope that's where they're going with this. Um, and there is hope. They seem to be pretty consistent with at least, you know, the main titles in terms of storyline. So hopefully we do get to see that coming up soon. He's just, yeah, I agree. I think there was a couple thing, of things tonight on the show that it just felt like the matches were crafted just to get specific people or teams over at the detriment to other people. And this is one of them. I didn't think it really necessarily hurt a lot of people because losing has never hurt Ty Dillinger. If anything, I think it has the reverse effect. I think it has the Daniel Bryan effect. Where That's we're why like, it needs to have the payoff, though. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise it turns into the Zack Ryder effect. <laughs> and that's not what we want. Right. I mean, yeah. that's not what we want. Uh, a couple of things. I noticed there was a sloppy spot with, like, Ruby and Nikki and a tackle. That's really the only complaint I had about the match. Ono's athleticism is ungodly. And what I liked about that flip he did was him not landing the flip or not landing on somebody made sense. He saw that somebody moved because a lot of times you'll see people, they'll fake a dive, they'll go out and they'll punch somebody. Or they'll do the thing where they they fake like they're going to hit a running attack, then they just slap somebody. To me, I'm like, why, why are you trolling the fans at the expense of putting yourself at risk? What Ono did was a strategic like adjustment. And that's something I mentioned on the raw show about how Sami Zayn has gotten a lot smarter with his Topekon helos. This was uh, a very smart, and that's not something you always see with those faint dives. Uh, Killian Dane wins with a one winged angel on tie. One thing I loved after the match, Nikki grabbing his leg and him like kicking her off, like get off me. <laughs> and the one thing that I noticed, Anna, the amount of time that these acts are forced to pose post-match at TakeOver is obscene. They're there for like two and a half minutes. Like, and when you're at the show, like I was at NXT TakeOver San Antonio, they got to sit there like all like in each other's personal space, watching the screen until they come back and they're posing again. Is this weird? For a live crowd, it would be, but you know, it depends on who's up there. You can take advantage of that and troll a few people if you wanted yeah i like this match i thought i thought they did good by the way guys uh, i see a lot of you saying oh no they're going too long on this i don't have a time limit on this show or tomorrow's show i might keep these two here for three or four hours 
Please don't. How about that? Also, my boy Randy Cruz saying, what's up with the Jericho 2008? I'm the best in the world at what I do suit. Well, you just said it. You just said it, didn't you? <laughs> I was on the Cruise Control podcast this week. Go over and check that out. Follow him at Randy J. Cruz. He does a lot of great stuff. I'm going to have him on one of those members-only shows one time. So uh, I've got, I'm going to group in the non-wrestling stuff. Uh, Alex, have you ever seen Edge look happier than the last two nights? No. No, especially like, well, maybe, maybe when he was like, you know, Duke and Lita in the middle of the ring, but that was a long, long time ago. I mean, yeah. this, this is, um, <laughs> this, I mean, since his retirement, you, you get the feeling like when he, when he came out and did that SmackDown anniversary show last November, like he just seemed forlorn like he just, yeah. just this, just you know, like, and, and so it's so good to be able to see Edge. Like he's so obscenely proud of his wife, and I think that's so yeah. great. I think that's so great. We'll we'll talk a little bit about the Hall of Fame later, but uh, Edge, Beth Phoenix, shown in the crowd, first married couple in the WWE Hall of Fame. That's pretty damn cool. Uh, what I want to know is who were these non Pitbull and Flow Rider jobbers that they were showing playing music, Anna? I don't know. They seem to be having this like emo vibe going with NXT, which you know, yeah. cool. And it, it it suited Alistair Black, but I also feel like it's a very niche market that they're going for. But I don't know. Maybe not. Well, hey, perfect transition, perfect segue. You totally meant You're to welcome. do that. Yeah. Alistair Black <laughs> defeated Andrade Cien almost. Alistair Black's music and entrance rule. It sounded like really Rage Against the Machine uh, inspired. One of my favorite bands, personally. Because I know you all care about that. I haven't had the chance to watch a lot of Tommy End stuff before he came here. Like over, the, if it's happened the last couple of years, I haven't had much of a chance to watch it on the indie circuit unless I've been there. And I was immediately impressed with his striking. And they say, "Well, he trains with some Dutch kickboxers," and I'm like, "Well, that makes sense because there's there's good pro wrestling striking, then there's good fundamental like." good striking in general. And I mean, I helped coach a striking class for a long time and this guy has had some badass coaching. Uh, I'll, I'll get to his finish here in a little bit, but Alex, I don't know how you feel about Andrade Cien Almas. Personally, I think he is a natural as a heel. I think if they would have started him out as a heel, he wouldn't be in the position he is now, despite the fact that he has been good. One of the consistently best performers on NXT uh, I don't think he gets the respect he deserves, but uh, I'm not going to troll you if you think otherwise. I promise. You're not no, Jeff. No, no, no. no, no. So um, he's, how do you feel about the man? He's a perfect heel. He should have been a heel when he got there. Uh, his heel turn on Cedric Alexander during uh, um, the Dusty Rhodes Classic was brilliantly executed, really well done. He's been so good since then. Uh, and now NXT has found its new Ty Dillinger. The guy that they, uh, he's a heel. He's, he's going to get over as a heel. And they're going to keep him losing to, to debuting guys on every takeover every, every single time. Um, he's great at what he does. And this mismatch was, was really good back and forth and everything. Um, I, I do worry that like he's La Sombra. For God's sake, you know what I mean. Like he shouldn't be the guy who loses to people at the pay per views, um, but he's really good at it. You know, like he's and he's excellent at at, at doing what he does. He he had uh, a series of matches with Oni Lorkin 
on several episodes over the past yeah. few months that were great on NXT. So yeah, this this guy is really really good, and I feel like they could they could do a, a lot with him. Um, I do want to mention um, because no one said it anymore that Aleister Black is Dracula, and that's amazing. He he did his his sit up thing like that was that was so great. Like that's the great that that is. That like I feel like if they had done that with like Gangrel or something like that's what it feels like. It feels like a nineteen ninety nine goth wrestler entrance. I love it. Anna, your your initial thoughts on one Alistair Black? I think I'm a little biased to have a clear judgment because I feel like I dated someone like him in high school, and it's kind of wrecking this gimmick for me. Um, I don't have much knowledge of Tommy End either except for pretty much the match at um, UK tournament with Neville and that was kick-ass and kind of uh, I just have to wait and see where they go with this but I question why not just use Tommy End yeah I don't know I mean a lot of times what happens if they have national exposure they keep the name but I mean, I don't think enough enough people knew who Tommy End was to facilitate keeping the name. I just feel I like it's, it's not. I feel like they're still trying to figure out who or what exactly Alistair Black is. That's kind of what I picked up from tonight. Right. There's a lot of stuff too about this that is like you were mentioning how Ruby Riot is a babyface, uh, and yeah. that's awesome. And uh, I agree with you, and I want that to continue, and I have no expectation that it will. I, I, I fully expect her to be a heel uh, to take overs from now. And I hate that that's what I expect, but I expect it because they, they do. They have a specific look that they, they use for people. And there's no way Alistair Black, the dude who's a vampire, that guy's not going to be a baby face for a long time. That guy's definitely getting switched over to being a, a heel. I, at some uh, I think he'll connect as a baby face. I really do. If he's not a vampire in two pay-per-view times, I'm, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> so uh there was a really sweet double like double kick spot in this match that i love one thing that i noted i can't imagine that andrade almost would be better as la sombra than he has been as a heel because in the wwe if you come in with a mask and grand metalik and kalisto and Sinkar are there despite how ridiculous it sounds you're gonna get grouped in mm-hmm. and lost in the shuffle there He's a good-looking dude, a really talented dude, and he's a young dude. He's going he's gonna to be fine. Uh, for, for whatever reason, right now it doesn't connect. It will. I think that present day, with the volatile nature of our political situation, they could run a much smaller scale 1997 Canada-U.S. thing. They're not going to go to Mexico that often, but they go to some of those southern border cities, and you've got Andrade Almas running that gimmick with somebody, and Alberto Del Rio would have been ideal. But, uh, man, that, that's going to get over to some degree. Uh, people are going to like it and people are going to hate it. That's, 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 the, that's the kind of person you want to get the Roman Reigns reaction is a person like that, not the person you're pushing as the biggest baby face in the company. Uh, also, in my notes, I had to put over this spinning wheel kick from Aleister Black. I personally, the first time I ever saw Edson Barboza do this to Terry Edom in UFC – I went in the gym and practiced it every day. It took months. It took months to perfect that. That man perfected it. I see at least one a week on UFC or Bellator broadcasts that is worse than what Aleister Black did, and he's not a pro MMA fighter. So uh, kudos to him, man. 
people appreciate a good spinning wheel kick. Now, here's the thing. The, the, <laughs> the lighter aspect of this, I'll, Alistair Black won. Anna, Nigel McGinnis called this Ring of Honor <laughs> and said that Alistair Black had a wonderful future in Ring of Honor. Oops. Yep. Yes, he did. Uh, it happens. It happens. I'd Old habits hope, die hard. Yeah, I just, I mean, I hope he doesn't get ringed for this, but who knows? They might be a bit sensitive right now. Well, I mean, when your play-by-play guy calls every move as, oh, which I will not let go of until they can that shit, whether it's Tom Phillips or whether it's WWE, and I know it's a mandated WWE thing, but it's every move he calls that. That's frustrating. He's enthusiastic. Yes. Uh, Yeah, but I don't care. Say, (laughs) I'd rather him say, God damn, what a kick, than, oh, Alex, do you notice this as much as I do? Because it's hard to unhear once you hear it. No, I, I hear it. Um, I, I've never been a fan of Tom Phillips. I was, I was a huge fan of Rich Brennan on, uh, on NXT. Um, uh, and I just, I, I didn't like that, you know, the, the whole thing that happened between them, whether or not you believe those rumors, but uh, I don't, I've never liked Tom Phillips. I've never been a big fan of his. Uh, and f- this has been part of the reason um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't like it. Um, I guess there's other ways of doing it where it, where you could figure out a way so it doesn't sound scripted. There's a lot of times where I've actually seen Michael Cole call a move that he was supposed to call because he's looking down at his script and that thing didn't happen in front of him because he had his eyes down. So, you know, at least it sounds like he's watching something and it happened before right in front of him and he's reacting in the moment. Yeah. But that's as much as I could say for it. I'd love sure. it if he just had a script and it was just, ooh, the entire fucking script. <laughs> that is his, it's a one sheet of paper, <laughs> one line. Oh. Uh, I know some of you guys are listening or watching for the first time. We definitely want you guys to stick around. We do shows after Raw and SmackDown every week, Monday with Alex, Tuesday with Anna and uh, Jeff Hawkins of Shake Them Ropes, Wednesday we have the eccentric millionaire that made this website happen, this Fightful.com website where you get all your pro wrestling, MMA, boxing news. Jimmy Van, th- this is a show unlike any other in pro wrestling because we, we definitely pull back the curtain on wrestling journalism and really give you some stuff. Like, I mean, if me and Jimmy have an argument about the direction of the site, we talk about it on there. If we're reaching out to somebody for a podcast and we want to see if you're interested in it, a lot of times we'll mention it there. It's, it's a really cool look. Thursdays and Fridays, we have Matt Riddle and Shane Helms, wrestlers in the business, agents in the business to give you their aspect on things. A lot of times with Shane, we talk about a central topic like his WrestleMania experiences, his Royal Rumble experiences, backstage fights, uh, the end of WCW. Lots of cool stuff there. We don't stop there. We got a lot of interviews. We are the only wrestling website that has talked to CM Punk for an exclusive interview in like years. You can go over to our exclusive section, find that. It was ahead of his, uh, his uh, UFC fight. Of course, interviews with people like uh, Daniel Cormier. Chris Cyborg talked to me about her pro wrestling training video that she did. Uh, we had Steve Muehlhausen at last night's Bellator Rampage versus King Mo show. Uh, and, of course, uh, next weekend, Showdown Joe. And I think Mike Straw are going to be at UFC 210 in Buffalo covering that. And, of course, we talked to people like Booker T, Muhammad Hassan. Nobody else talks to Muhammad Hassan but us. Uh, Jim Ross, Chael Sonnen, and all kinds of big names. But uh, check that out. Also, Carlos and Steve debuted a boxing podcast that we're trying out. So 
peep that out, you guys. Drew McIntyre's in the crowd. This was a shocker. Uh, Anna, he no-showed the WWN Super Show. Uh, was this a surprise to you? Was him showing up a surprise to you? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, especially as he was still supposed to be somewhere else. And uh, according to Gabe on Twitter, he's still scheduled to fight against Zack Sabre Jr. coming up sometime this month, I think. But who knows? Alex, uh, the fact that he's back... And keep in mind, when he was fired, he was a part of three-man band doing WLC matches. He was putting <laughs> over Torito. This guy, Sammy Callahan, uh, Juice Robinson, formerly known as CJ Parker, Chris Hero, now known as Cassius Ono, Cody Rhodes, they are a real indication that if, if shit is not going your way in the WWE, it's not over. There, there is a way to come back. And a few years ago, that didn't necessarily seem to be the case. Yeah, no, these these guys, uh, Juice Robinson in particular, uh, C.J. Parker was nothing and nowhere, and he's huge. It, it, he's he's very big in Japan. Um, no, he's like NG, uh, New Japan people uh, love this guy. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of Sammy Callahan. I, I like the stuff that he does on the Indies, but I I love he adds a whole another layer of crazy to Lucha Underground with his character there, and and Drew Galloway. Uh, uh, really blossomed after leaving the WWE. Like he's 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 been really good for TNA, and like his, his stuff he's doing on indies is is excellent. Um, it's one of those things where I feel like they are restocking this cupboard uh, in NXT. Uh, and I mean, I don't. The weird thing is that you just you just debuted Cassius Ono, and now you're bringing in uh, you know Drew McIntyre, and it's just one of those things that like. All of a sudden, you start stacking everything up, and I'm wondering if there's guys who are on the lower levels that are ever going to move up to those places. Because when somebody leaves, they just drop somebody else in who's already much, much further up that ladder. Um, so I mean, I don't know if this is necessarily a bad thing, but I would love to see where where this goes from here. But uh, I mean, I I really liked Drew Galloway's work uh, recently, so seeing him as Drew McIntyre is not going to make me upset. He has confirmed that he has re-signed with WWE. I would imagine that he is probably headed to NXT, as he should, so he can compete for that uh, shouldn't be an NXT championship. (laughs) Now, here's the thing. He'll be 32 in about a month and a half. He's a young pup compared to some of these guys. I mean, Finn Balor's older than him. Samoa Joe's older than him. Maybe every NXT champion except for Bo Dallas ever is older than than him. I'll have to look at that. But, uh, yeah, that's that's quite the name to have back. Now, here's the thing. Well, I'll talk about it more in the Bobby Roode match, but, um, yeah, I think Neville's younger as well. Okay, Owen, Zane, they're, they're probably younger too. Drew Galloway can wrestle a different kind of style than uh, Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode works that slow, methodical style, and you just – you really – you won't see a high spot out of him. You can see that out of Drew Galloway. He does like the senton over the top rope through a table. He'll do that. So he pile dri- He had a pile driver on Matt Riddle through a table the other night. Mm-hmm. He'll advise Matthew, by the way. <laughs> I'm sure you're watching while you're in the middle of a championship match. But, hey, I'm excited to see how that ends up because there, it has been shown. You can redeem yourself on the indie circuit. I love that. Yeah. 
It is one one thing I just realized that uh, he and Roddy Strong basically have the same finisher. So they're going to have to like draw straws in the back to figure out which one gets to keep it. Oh, uh, McIntyre will get to keep it. Seniority. <laughs> yeah. He'll get to keep it. Uh, just because he was there. He was there and then got fired before probably. Yeah, that's true. We had this NXT Tag Team Championship match. Okay, I'll start with Anna because she's wearing the shirt. Anna, this is probably top 20 match of all time for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I was very ready to get down on one knee and propose um, up till a certain point. Ah, come on. Uh, as I said come on Twitter... On. I will get back to celebrating how incredible that match was once I recover my will to live. Um, it just, it, they sh- in my opinion, they should have gotten rid of AOP at the double tap out, double tap, um, what do you call it? The double submission. And from that point on, it just turned into making sure these guys looked like monsters and that's all they cared about. That to me, that's what that that looked like, and I, just, I don't think so. I don't. It just this took, was this was magnificent storytelling, and I that's at least what, that's what I thought. It was, and it was an incredible match. I just feel like there's still such a, a there's such a divide in where AOP sits compared to DIY and the revival, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's very different styles. It's a very different look, and having that contrast of the work between revival and DIY and then just have AOP come pick up Johnny Gargano and smash him into everyone else. That was fucking awesome. But it just still, it feels like, I don't know. It just felt like they were working just not just to get these guys over, but it felt like they hammered the point home and then they kept hammering. And now there's just a hole in the table, but I'm also incredibly biased. So, you know, who knows? Alex, uh, your thoughts on the match, how it played out? Of course, I'll break it down in detail as well. Um, I, uh, I'm not. I'm somewhere in between you, Sean, and Anna. I thought that up until the first fall, this was maybe top three matches I've ever seen in my life. Up until the first fall, um, the storytelling going back so far to like to to. To revival and and DIY realizing they had to work together to to take out these monsters that every instance of storytelling with that was just beautifully portrayed. Like these these guys, those four are consummate actors in the ring to act to like like you see them making the choice to do things in the ring, and it's also seamless. All that stuff was great. I loved the way that they utilized those giant behemoths to tell that story within that point up until the point where it kind of that first fall was like, Oh, 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 well to me, the only reason that you're going to have a DIY go out is because you're going to tell the story of somehow revival overcoming this. Because like, to me, like if the revival doesn't go out first, they have to win. Like that's just the way the storytelling worked to me and like in my head and the way that it, the, after, everything after DIY was gone was just like, are they, they're not doing this. They're just doing it to, to put the big guys over. And I think that they're great. I think that AOP is great at what they do. 
I just felt like this match wasn't the place to like further cement them as the unbeatable monsters. Because now, to me, my concern is I don't know who you have on the ranks of the tag teams that can that can beat them. If these two teams working together can't beat them, I don't know who does. Well, maybe you don't. Maybe that's the whole point. Also, uh, some breaking news, some Fightful-related breaking news. I just want to show you guys this right here. Congratulations to Matt Riddle, WWN champion, the first <laughs> ever that's badass. That's and awesome. You know, he told me. Yeah, he told cool. me on the show last week. He got super offended when I said you're going to lose the Trent Seven, and you're going to lose the Progress <laughs> Championship. He was like, "Bro, bro!" Like he got hot at me. It was so funny. It was like if I, it was like if I told Vince Russo that a 170 pound wrestler could beat a 175 pound wrestler because size means everything. He was like, "Bro, bro, I guarantee next week I'll be back here with more belts than I have now." And I was like, well, thanks for giving me the scoop, man. Now I know you're winning the fucking WWN championship on Saturday. Because uh, he got super hot at that. But congrats to him. Uh, couldn't be happier. We'll talk a little bit about uh, his match with Dan Severn later. I will, at least. So here's my thing. Maybe there is nobody to beat the Authors of Pain. And here's, the, here's also the thing. This ultimately is developmental. And I can't think of better people if you want them in there, you put them in there with Dash, Dawson, Ciampa, Gargano. That was just incredible. Now, maybe this should have been – I don't know. No, it shouldn't have been single pinfall because I think that takes a lot of the psychology out of it because for all the high spots, this was high spot after high spot, it was masterfully crafted as it pertains to psychology because you got four great psychological minds in the ring and you got a Paul Ellering on the outside who I'm sure was more than happy to contribute. You have two big bruisers who WWE wants to make something of. And to your point, Anna, yeah, they wanted to make Authors of Pain look good. Because that's that, – I mean, I guess that, I mean, that's what you do. You accentuate the positives, hide the negatives, and they were able to do that in this match, I thought, really well. The first I thing I noticed – go ahead. Sorry, that's my thing, though. It's just they're not – they are great at what they do, but in terms of the total package, they're not there yet. And so if, to put them over to this extent, it, it did feel like it was at the detriment of Revival and DIY. I don't think it, like, took anything away from them at all because they are that good. But it just – it seemed forced because of – they're not there yet. I know, but that's what NXT is for, to get them there. And that's what these championships were originally for, was to help get them there. And without those championships, I think that does hurt Authors of Pain. If author- This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. There's a pain lose. I think that does hurt them. The Revival, DIY, I mean, if anything, they look just as good, if not better. Plus, they, they do have that sympathy as well. Uh, let's break this match down individually. Like, or let's, let's go in depth on it. First off, the new NXT Tag Team Championships. Anna, what do you think about them? How do they look? They are beautiful. They're gorgeous. They are beautiful. They're wonderful. 
Alex, the standard has been raised for pro wrestling championships in like 2016, 17. The, the Hardys had some great tag team championships. A lot of people are using those top rope belts. Um, really awesome stuff. I was glad to see this. Yeah, no, they, they're they they're gorgeous. They're not the, the broken Hardys championships, which they just <laughs> uh, reincarnated out of the old TNA belts. I wrote a story about those. Those things are gorgeous. Each guy has his own design for the belts. Like, I want them to bring them to WWE if they come and defend them separately of the championships on those on that place. But yeah, the, the belts were, were gorgeous. Let me interrupt you, and I probably I probably shouldn't even tell this story, but I'm going to because it, it Please do. <laughs> I, it's the most I laughed all week. I sent Matt Hardy a text the day that that video dropped. I said, where did you get those belts made? Those are beautiful. And he sends me a text back, and it says, the lake of reincarnation. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you I love him of, so much. I said, you son of a bitch. <laughs> And then he told me it was top rope belts. I was like, God, God damn it. <laughs> this guy. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, there was one time I, I asked him for an interview, and instead of telling me he had a scheduling conflict, he said, no, you were not there for me in my time of desolation. And uh, I was like, damn, man, just tell me you got a scheduling conflict, which he did later tell me. But uh, a man lives the gimmick. It's pretty incredible. <laughs> He's great. He is great. Uh, also, we'll talk about the Hardys later on as well. Authors of Pain used Gargano as a weapon. That was <laughs> sick. That was DIY awesome. <laughs> and the Revival would be a great addition to any roster. Now, here's the thing. Uh-huh. If you're chopping Gargano, one would think they got to pull double duty with 205 Live because I don't know how you have them up there and you don't, don't use them for that too. But I don't want them slotted there. WWE needs to explain, which I will talk about tomorrow. They need to do the New Japan thing. Say, the reason why we don't mix these people is because they sign cruiserweight contracts. Like New Japan says that about their light heavyweight or their junior heavyweight wrestlers. Say, they sign junior heavyweight uh, contracts. Um, to your point, Anna, about not being there, Occam had Gargano in this torture rack, which seemed like he just held him there for extended periods of time without doing anything. He's just like. So you got to hand it to Nigel for that one because he was selling that on commentary. Like a Hey. Hey. Please stop doing that. Hey. Please stop. Got the torture rack on. No. It hurts him a lot. No. Hey. No. That's what it looked like. It was awkward. And Nigel, like you said, Nigel had to sell that shit. He did. Ciampa is so impressive and could be something special. His style fits his personality and his look to a T. I love that dude. There was a very clever table spot on the outside, Alex, that really kicked off the, yep. hey, we're working together thing. It that was rule. so, so good. The, the, what really kicked it off is it started out, what, what I thought, I honestly thought for a while, this was a tornado tag because nobody was tagging in and out for like the first five minutes. But it was the, they, they, the, the two teams who hated each other looked at each other and said, we got to take these guys out if either one of us has a chance to win. So they started out right then. And then it really ramped up with that amazing table spot. Ciampa can't do it by himself. Gargano can't do it by himself. So the Revival come in and help. Like, that was so, so good. Everything about this, that was the point where I was like, this match is going to be really special. Like, you could tell right at that moment. 
Anna, let me let me ask you. Why the fuck were they tagging in and out? There was no DQ in this match. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to be polite. Fuck knows. Well, I mean, it became kind of incidental at that point for me. I didn't really care. I guess you, I guess you got to tag in to get a pin. Yeah. But. Well, yeah. But the thing for me is the, the, the tagging in and out, what, what really made that great, is stuff like Gar- uh, Ciampa going for a tag and the Revival backing down the stairs and saying, no, we're good. <laughs> We don't need to tag in right now. You guys, you guys fight it out, and then we'll come in later. Pick the bones. That was great. Also, all the blind tags really added to the story of the match. You needed those tags in there. Revival and DIY tried to double team Occam, but and they they get that double submission, and everybody thought it was going to end. That may be the, one of the best false finishes ever, ever. And Razor comes back with chips from the goddamn table all over him, <laughs> like all over his back. He's like, not today, not today. <laughs> <laughs> and I wrote, if Raw and SmackDown had more of this than that generic babyface in peril bullshit, yeah. Alex, you covered Raw for a long time oh, for us. Yeah. How many of those <laughs> matches have we seen? All of them. All of the, all of the tag matches you have seen on Raw have been babyface in peril until the hot tag. All of them. And that's like this stuff. That's why I, I, I put this on Twitter. NXT TakeOver tag matches are the very best, bat, very best matches in the world. Every, every, they somehow top themselves every single TakeOver. I can't wait for the next one because whatever it is, it's going to be great. Um, this, the whole thing with, with uh, the double submission and, and I mean, I, I'll forgive it. I'll forgive it because the, the Razor coming back out of the table, as you said, with pieces of the table still attached to him and putting two <laughs> other men on top of the guys. Like, that was, that was great. And, 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 then, and then it kind of devolved after the first fall. But, but still, at that point, I was willing to forgive it because I was like, I still don't know who's going to win this. And that was great. I thought it was awesome all around. But I, I will let you air your grievances, guys. There's an awesome superplex to the outside, like the kind of stuff that Tyson Kidd used to pull off with like Trent Beretta on WWE superstars, random weeks. It was was incredible. DIY get eliminated, and then uh, the Revival fight valiantly, valiantly. And then Authors of Pain win. And I think this is a big, big, big win for Authors of Pain when they debut or they get beaten. It's going to be major. Somebody is going to be made off of them. And here, here's the beauty of it to me, guys. And here's why I don't have a problem with them winning. Somebody will be made off of Authors of Pain while they're still making Authors of Pain. Because Authors of Pain aren't nearly as good as they're going to be. I mean, I remember Selmani. I can't remember which one he is. I think, I think Selmani is Razor. I was watching him in Bellator like a year or two ago, and he was like 22 or 23. Mm-hmm. They're young. They're very young. They are young. There's a lot of time for them. And there's a lot of people that they can work with on the roster that they that they can do all their high-flying stuff to these two guys because they're bruisers. They can handle it. Also, right. they can do their crazy power spots as well. And I know that this match seemed to, it seemed to have uh, maybe went down the slope for you after DIY were eliminated. Uh there were sure still, still parts about it that I thought were fantastic. Like the European uppercuts into German suplexes by Revival. Fucking kick ass. Um, I don't, it just felt like I think everyone 
majority of people had in their mind where this was going to go and it was going to end with DIY versus revival. And I think the moment that that was kind of, no pun intended, dashed, then everyone in the crowd was like chanting, no one likes you at AOP and everything. Yeah, that was a bad look. Yeah. Like yeah, the crowd turned on this match when DIY got te- got lost. But yeah. to, to me, I didn't turn on it. I didn't turn on it then because I still thought maybe the revival were going to win. But I guess everyone in, in the arena wanted DIY to win this whole thing, and they were pissed. And I just I think know. that's where people thought it was going, and so to have that taken away, it was just kind of a shock, I guess. It's kind of weird because traditionally, almost I would say like ninety percent of the time, NXT never gives the fans what they want out of a tag team match. Like, I'm talking, like, way back. I mean, keep in mind, the Ascension were the most dominating team of, like, the early era. Nobody wanted them. Nobody liked them. Then, like, Enzo and Cass weren't even booked on the show at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn one year when they should have won the championships. Instead, the Villains did. And, I mean, they got the little cheap pop out of blue pants and shit like that, but they shouldn't have been there. Then there was that tournament where American Alpha was just insanely over. They should have called the audible. There should have been something done. That wasn't done. This this traditionally does happen, but what an unbelievable match this was. Yeah. I want yeah. this on the main roster. Right. Yeah. Damn, does that tag team ladder match have a lot to live up to tomorrow? Oh, yeah. No, this, this, this yeah, especially since it's triple threat. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, the thing about this is, is that if if this them them losing DIY and the revival leads to one of them being called up to the main roster on Monday or Tuesday, then I'm immediately way more okay with this. But again, I know you say we don't know who is going to is going to beat um, AOP Authors of Pain, um, and that's fine. But I don't even know who competes with them. Like I. I don't need to see several months up until August, the August uh, takeover of them coming out and wiping the floor with a couple of jobbers. Hey, like, listen, listen, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly would be a nice couple of people to bring in to do that. That would be awesome. Yeah. If they're, if that they're would moving be incredible. toward that, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, maybe, maybe that's something you could run with is there is nobody that can compete with these guys. Then you get Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly in there and you want to talk about a style that is going to be awesome. Oh, my God. Razor would love to take kicks from Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. He'd eat those things for breakfast. He would love it. Uh, I don't know if that's the, the way to do it, but those are two guys I would bring in. I would absolutely bring in those two because they're two of the best workers in the world, in my opinion. What do you think they're going to do with heavy machinery? Do you think there's a chance for that? Happening? Hey, yeah, that's... Because they uh, were fantastic on NXT this week. Oh, that's so what good. I kind of wish AOP could have been tonight. Right. I, I mean, the thing is that is that heavy machinery, the, the, the baby face hosses against the heel hosses is a really fun program you can run. Yeah. I don't think they're going to put the titles on heavy machinery. Hey, you remember the last Hoss versus Hoss match they did in NXT? You, want, you remember what that was? <laughs> I don't Baron Corbin versus Bull Dempsey. How'd that work out? <laughs> <laughs> Not too great. This, I'll say this. They made the right call with the winner of that program, didn't they? They did. They did because Bull James sucks ass. I think that a lot of a lot of people's um, the things I'm seeing people reacting to this poorly is they're worried this is just another signal signal that the WWE as a whole values size more than anything else. And well, I mean, look, you can't you can't have this match with broomsticks. 
Right. And these two guys had a really important part of this match, and they held their own, and they did good. And they're very, very young in the business. And this is still NXT. I mean, I know they say third brand, third brand, and all that stuff. I mean, ultimately, it's their third and fourth touring brands because they send out two different rosters all the right. time. I'm sure they'll get better. And, uh, you know, there's a couple guys in Sanity that maybe they could go at. That's another Hoss battle. You could have a triple threat tag team Hoss battle. <laughs> I'd like that. But uh, like I said, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I think the world of the revival, I think the world of DIY and AOP, they are growing on me. Asuka defeated Ember Moon. Uh, casual fan comment, my wife said, man, I love Asuka's theme. And I, I was getting to thinking, yeah. when CFOs doesn't do those trash 30-second loops like with Seth Rollins and uh, Dean Ambrose, they make some awesome music. Like, uh, virtually everything with NXT, they've knocked out of the park. Early on, I noticed Asuka was, like, bumping a half a second after moves would hit. It was really weird. Asuka puts uh, Ember in the chicken wing, and Ember tried to go all Taz versus Bam Bam Bigelow, but they're not big enough to break the ring, so it didn't happen. This was booked as, like, two unstoppable forces going at each other. And at the end, Asuka uses the ref, pushes pushes the ref into... uh, Ember Moon, who's on the top rope, to avoid the eclipse, gets the win. He'll turn from Asuka, it seems. Now, here's the most important thing. Not about the championship, not about anything. Asuka's probably breaking Goldberg's streak. She is at 166 WWE and NXT matches without being pinned, submitted, counted out, or DQ'd. She has not won some multiple-person matches, but uh, she's never been pinned, submitted, anything like that. Alex, are you happy about that? Uh, I'm happy about her breaking Goldberg's streak. Uh, anything that makes Goldberg sad makes me happy right about now. <laughs> I don't think he gives a shit. Uh, no, me too. Uh, <laughs> I'm just living the gimmick, man, uh, that I hate Goldberg. It's got to live the gimmick. Anyway, um, I, I, uh, I, do, I do like um, like this Oscar's quote-unquote heel turn. Although for me, it was like it, this is just another step toward the full heel turn. If she had, if she had, if she had knocked the ref into the ropes, Ember Moon falls down. She gets the pinfall, and then she attacks Ember Moon more after the bell. Then I'm, I'm with you. I'm saying heel turn. Right now, it was just her out of desperation, finally finding somebody that she couldn't beat easily, and having to turn to that kind of a thing to win. It was more of a Ric Flair heel thing than anything else, uh, which is a really quick little opportunistic move, which is fine. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to see Moon versus Oscar too. Because that's going to be really, really great. This was great too, but I mean, the idea that they're probably building toward putting the title on Moon, and that's how they get it off of Asuka eventually. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. The the only thing I don't like is I hate how much NXT runs matches back. I hate it. Me too. It's never just yeah. one. It's got to be like it's got to be like a six month drawn out thing. Sometimes that's good. Other times not so good. Anna, your thoughts on? The quote-unquote heel turn. I like the subtleties, but you're talking to a guy who rubs drywall on his own teammates' faces when they grapple, so I'm going to like anything that you do to cheat. Uh, I like what Asuka did. Asuka retains. She's held the title for over a year now. What would you think of the match? What would you think of the turn? I really liked the turn. I loved how... Turn. I loved how subtle it was, and I, 
I mean, I guess, you know, that's where confusion does come in because it wasn't a blatant mallet to the face or anything. But I think that's where NXT is at. They can get away with doing something as subtle as that and making a point. And I think Nigel was putting it over as heelish on commentary, the way that he was describing what happened and the, the flippant, oh, you know, it's just, you know, he was there. That's a heel turn. Um I thought the match was good. Um, and there wasn't much that really stood out. To me, there was like a savage German suplex from Oscar to Ember Moon that was kick-ass. I just really liked the girls. I really, really, ladies, women, women. Um, I really love Oscar. And I think female. She's, she's females. She just, Somebody she's get, some people get pissed off when I say females. I didn't know that that was a thing to be pissed off about. Now I figured I should upgrade from girls to, you know, the women. Females, not really an issue. Um, yeah, she's just a fucking, she's a rock star. She has fucking pink eyebrows. And just everything about her, just like, I didn't really, I wanted her to win, but I didn't really have too much invested until she came out and then something clicked in me and I went, fuck yeah, no, this needs to happen. And also the fact that she you know, is going to beat Goldberg's streak makes me really happy. Not a gimmick. I'm just bitter right now. <laughs> also, something that people overlook, people saying, Goldberg won all his matches. It wasn't tag matches. Goldberg got beat by Chad Fortune six matches in on a house show. So there you go. Who's Chad Fortune? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So the new NXT, well, sorry, hold on. New NXT women's championship. It looks just like the, the men's championship. I'm, I'm cool with that. I like that. They're, that's a sign of equality there, Alex. What did you think of the new look NXT championship? And I shouldn't have laughed. I shouldn't have fucking laughed. Nope. But when somebody said after page, they needed a new one. I was like, damn it. Yeah, they did. Um, yeah, I actually had a friend of mine who, who sent me like, you would, you should, you would know this since you work in the business. Is that why they did this? And I was like, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, maybe, but uh, there, there I mean, was, there's not enough turnaround for that. They already had that planned, but yeah. Yeah. That's um, appropriate. Uh, nice timing. Yeah. Um, Fortunate timing. yeah. Uh, I, I do. I actually like the look of the women's belt more than the, uh, the men. I like the, the different color X there. It's the same belt, except one is all gold and one has that silver there, or diamonds, or whatever they are. Um, yeah, I, li- I like the belt, um, the belt there, a lot. I like all the designs. The belts are good. NXT Championship: Bobby Roode versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Wait, 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 Bobby wait, 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 before, wait. Before we do this, I, I want, I need, to, I need to talk about this. I have, a, I have a question with the whole thing of Oscar's never getting called up. Okay, mm-hmm. I just because I had an observation. They, they released a, uh, they made the announcement today that there's the 32 women's tournament. And there was a backstage video with Bailey talking to Oscar. And they were very friendly. And Bailey was saying, like, you beat me, you beat me twice. You know, you, you got my belt, and now I got my own. And I was like, Yeah, that's true. Bailey does have an 0-2 record against Oscar. And Oscar's still in NXT, and Bailey's up on Raw as the champion. And to me, like, I need to know the kayfabe reason why Asuka's not being called up since she beats everyone in NXT and has beaten the champions that are on the main roster. To me, that's like, I need to know why that is. got to give me some reason at WWE. That's, that's been the case since the draft, man. I preached that during the draft, and I said, tell me why Carmella got called up 
in a draft and Bailey didn't. Why Bailey got signed as a free agent. Right. And if that were the case, why the hell wasn't Bailey signed right after that? Yeah. It's easy to do. You say, hey, we have a champions clause. You can't call up our champions. That's, yeah. that's simple. And yeah. then say, you can't call them up until after the rematch. Maybe a special circumstance. Maybe a talent exchange. Then you just... You know, you send Tyler Breeze back down for a match and you call it the talent exchange or whatever. There are ways to do that. I mean, say that in the draft you can protect superstars, just like any expansion draft. In the history of sports, in the NBA, if they added a team in Louisville, uh, the Chicago Bulls would be able to protect eight players on their roster who uh, the Louisville Colonels would not be allowed to pick in their expansion draft. Uh, The other four, fair game. That can be the case there. Uh, NXT can protect a certain number of stars, but yeah, say that she signed a really long contract. Say that she signed a contract stipulating that she had to meet certain milestones, perhaps, and even speaking English, like like maybe that was an incentive uh, because, you know, they want them to learn the language. There are plenty of ways to get around it, but they don't fucking do it, Alex. I know. It, it, it's at this point right now because they because WWE released that video that has them like talking to each other about how you've beaten me twice and I've never beaten you. Like that really put me in stark relief. Like Asuka is undefeated. She no one can beat her on at NXT. She says it over again. No one is ready for Asuka. Then bring her the hell up and have her fight Charlotte. Like do, like do I mean, something. It- in Anna's contract, we have it that she has to put on an Australian accent. She's really in, like, Des Moines right now. She's just chilling yeah. in the Midwest. She's not from Australia. Yeah, and it's it's a simple fix, you know. You put that in the contract, you can't do anything about it. I was fucking born in Hawaii. If you were from Hawaii, which you are, mm. how would you describe in a Hawaiian voice, a normal... American Hawaiian voice. Normal Hawaiian voice. Your, your, your thoughts on the Shinsuke Nakamura Bobby Roode match without your fake Australian accent. Well, actually, like, I was brought up in California, so I sound more like Nia Jax um, in real life. Um, yeah, so, like, Nakamura versus Roode. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to stop now because I think about 10,000 people just cut out of the transmission. No, no, no. Um, We're at the highest live numbers we've done all night, actually. So. Oh, good. I'm glad I did that then. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> this, I'm going to say, this was not my cup of tea. It wasn't my thing. Maybe it's because the other matches brought me up. So I, I'm not a fan of Rude in the ring. Is he good? Yeah, he's great. Uh, he's it, This was... There's not a lot to break down. It was a slow-paced, fundamentally sound match, but I have seen the the Nakamura gets his leg worked over match a million times because that's the whole story with him and the Kinsasha. I've seen this Bobby Roode match for a decade. It was it's too slow-paced for my liking. It's nights like this that I wish that NXT would have went the uh, TNA Unbreakable 2005 route. If you know there's going to be a barn burner match, if you know there's going to be an AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, Samoa Joe, just let it go on last. Just let it go on last. Now, maybe they didn't want to send the crowd home upset, but, I mean, because Bobby Roode losing, the crowd's not upset. But I don't know. This match, for me, took an awful long time to get cooking. There's some really cool cutoff spots, but I thought it was a real beneficiary uh, of the crowd that they were in front of. I think if this were in front of Denver, Colorado, 
I think it would have died. But uh, Anna, I want your thoughts on the match. Bobby Roode wins. Yeah, it was it was very slow. Um, I think yeah, it seems like that was deliberate though. I mean, straight up from the entrances, they were a lot more understated than they've been for the past few takeovers. Um, I mean, Bobby Roode had a double robe on, which was majestic as hell, but it wasn't a choir or a bevy of women who had no idea why they're there. Um, yeah, I, I appreciate the consistency in storyline. And with the knee injury and, you know, you had a glorious ass drop onto the knee and a few stomps and it was, you know, it was glorious. But I think it was, for, for what it was, it was placed incorrectly on the card. However, what were they going to do? It was a championship match. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll see Shinsuke in the main roster sometime soon. and Hopefully Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I yeah, think. That's what I think. I think Tuesday. I really Alex, your thoughts, on the, your thoughts on the match? It, 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 did it do anything for you? No. <laughs> I mean, listen, I, I actually appreciate Bobby Roode's work a lot, um, but I think that there's certain guys he's got he's to work it against, and Shinsuke is just not one of them. Um, the style doesn't match well. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Listen, the whole thing is that, like, the problem is, is that what we've seen this exact match from Shinsuke, like, seven or eight times in NXT. Um, like, everything he does, all of his offense is knee-based. So, smartly enough, if you've got a guy who's good, you're going to concentrate on the knee, work the knee, damage the knee, so he can't do his do all of his stuff. Uh, the problem was... And why I hated it to begin with is that against Finn Balor and against um, uh, Samoa Joe all those times, they would work the knee and work the knee and damage it and damage it and damage it. And he would still then at the end power up and hit all of his knee-based moves and win the match. I actually liked it when he hit that the thing, when he lost the title to begin with to Rude, he hit the, 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 um, the knee and it, it took him down. And, it, and honestly, he would have won that match and, and Rude Recovered, hit the glorious DDT, and won. Um, and I liked the, I liked what they told, this told the story here. But again, I've already seen it so many times. I feel like if if this if I took this match completely out of context and never saw them wrestle before, never saw all those other Shinsuke matches, I would have liked it a lot more. But I was kind of over this, um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing Shinsuke in another setting, like in on SmackDown or you know even if be even on Raw. Uh, but even on Raw, it's diff- something different than this because this is just – it's too easy for him because he comes out, everyone sings his damn song with him, uh, and, and he does all of his stuff, and it's over. Like there's got to – there's something more that he can find with other things. I mean, ideally, you, pr- you bring him up on SmackDown, and he's immediately thrust into a, a, a program with AJ Styles, and they tear the house down every fucking Tuesday. Let's just do that. Please do that. I want to do that. Let's do that. But I don't know that that's what they're going to do. Um, but uh, I'm also kind of wary about where you go with Bobby Roode here. To me, um, it's interesting to see what they will do. I liked his match with Cassius Ono. Um, I thought that was good. But I don't know who who's the guy who steps up now. I don't. Ono oh, or Ono oh, or Galloway. Right. That's. But the thing maybe is, both. I don't, maybe maybe both. Maybe, maybe both. Galloway steps up and Ono is like. Yeah. Oh no! I uh, want another shot. I do think that the original Cassius Ono run as a heel 
was very good. And I, I, I think he's destined to probably be a heel at some point too uh, in, in, in the next run. Um, I don't know where all this is going, but I, I don't want is for Drew McIntyre to show up at the next NXT tapings and be like, I'm the number one contender now because I, I just don't need any more of that. Like I, I what, fight your way through a few guys okay. first. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't like the, the idea. It's, it's unseemly to me that our new big signing jumps right in and, and is immediately the, 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 the guy, the heir apparent. Um, hey. But like I said, yeah. the most important, the, the thing they could do that would make the most impact is to somehow build Ty Dillinger over these next few months and have him go up against yep. Bobby. Yeah. And, and, you know, like that's what they should do. I think that's the best idea. And with, with McIntyre, let me just tell you guys, ready-made storyline, babyface or heel, if they want it. And here it is. Vince McMahon. That is his storyline. Vince McMahon went on TV and said, He's the guy. This is the chosen one. Like everything that you imagine that he does with Roman Reigns off screen, he literally did on screen with Drew Galloway, Drew McIntyre. He said, he's the future. He's the guy I want. Like him. Here he is. And a few years later, he was fired. Now, they can go the heel route, and he can like play the sniveling little bitch that's just trying to appease Vince McMahon. And... People hate him for it, or he can be the babyface who wants to shove it up Vince McMahon's ass. That's and say that he worked his way back up to prove that. That's NXT Takeover. We got a couple other things to talk about. I don't know if you guys saw it. You probably didn't because you probably weren't up until two thirty in the morning watching fucking Flow Slam like I was. Matt Riddle and Dan Severn beat the living shit out of each other. Matt, Dan Severn is fifty nine in a couple of months. And it was great. Dan, uh, Matt got a got a fantastic match out of Dan Severn. Uh, that is worth a watch, guys. I love that. The catch wrestling is how I came up. And my catch wrestling coach beating the shit out of me and telling me to figure out how to beat the shit out of him was basically the way that I learned how to wrestle. And it was really cool to see that style there. They didn't, And right after the match, Riddle gets on the mic and says, we didn't call shit. <laughs> we just beat each other up. That was kind of neat. So uh, worth a watch. Also, there was a 40-minute match that was called a clusterfuck match, which featured Glacier, Dink the Clown, and the Invisible Man. Um, Marty Jannetty versus Joey Janela. That was something. So that, that was worth a watch. Now, I did trigger some people on Flow Slam, you guys. I tweeted because I guess Excalibur and I guess Lenny Leonard were doing the commentary. And they were talking while the ring announcer talked some ring announcing Mm. you're not supposed to talk on fucking commentary when the ring announcer is doing their job yeah it's annoying it's annoying well i mean like ring announcing we are there for a very specific reason it's not like we're getting up and asking everyone how their day is it's not incidental so it's you know and you have the entire rest of the show to talk it makes sense so they can go and have a cry and a pity party and get over it they did they they did bring <laughs> they brought it up like five or six times because I, I i just tweeted them i was like guys stop fucking talking over the ring announcer so they brought it up like five or six times finally they said somebody's gonna die tonight and then another person said just don't talk over whoever's doing the eulogy and i thought that was pretty funny uh but the thing is <laughs> no you wouldn't talk over the fucking person doing the eulogy Thanks for proving my points, dicks. 
You can catch me on Flow Combat May 27th, by the way, guys, calling Premier MMA Championships and not talking over Rick Toms, the ring announcer. The Hardys dropped the ring. Well, hell, I just said it, so fuck it. Spoiler alert. The Hardys dropped the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships to the Young Bucks. Now, Jeff Hardy did an interview the other day, and the guy who did it, no offense to him, but he ran with the exclusive. Hardys are staying until summer. Sorry, guy. They ain't breaking that story two days before WrestleMania on your on your podcast. That ain't happening. Uh, unusual timing to drop these titles. You think, Alex, since they're sticking with Ring of Honor, quote-unquote, till the end of the summer? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, I, I don't think they're staying till the end of the summer. Um, apparently, they had like some kind of farewell speech after the match tonight where they were like, you know, talking about how the Young Bucks were the best team they faced and now they might have to fade away and classify themselves as obsolete or something. Um, no, uh, yeah, they're, they're showing up. I don't know if it's going to be tomorrow, but uh, they're showing up. And I think that's very cool. I just hope that they can figure out a way to get around the TMs, the dreaded trademark <laughs> symbols at the end of YouTube videos. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited, uh, to see where this goes, but because Matt, especially, but just that guy is just a friggin' treasure. Well, he <laughs> wanted to be involved creatively in impact wrestling and they picked Jared and said, and he was pissed about it. Yeah. He was not happy. And he was telling me like last year I, I had said, are you going to get involved creatively wh- wherever? And he's, he was like, I would love to, that's, that's logical next step. And you look at the guy. He worked with the Hardy Boys. He worked with Mattitude version or version 2.0. He worked. Uh, his girlfriend cheated on him, and he turned it into it turned into a hot angle. He worked with MVP, and they had like milk drinking contests, and it was brilliant. <laughs> he went to Ring of Honor, did not fit in, and did the Big Money Matt thing and made it work. Last year, he started with Big Money Matt again, made it work, and then did this. Now here's here's my the bummer situation for me. When I saw that Bobby Roode entrance, I was like, son of a bitch. I wanted that to be Rebby at WrestleMania when New Day was in the ring. I wanted them to wheel out a piano, and she's just playing with Maxwell on her lap, and he probably slams a couple of keys accidentally, and Jeff is singing obsolete because they can't keep him from singing that song. That is his song. That was on his last album. That, they can't just be – they can't keep him from calling him fucking Brother Nero. It's his name. It's his name. It's his name, and he is Matt's brother. Like right there. That's right yes. there. Right there. Oh my god! But did, maybe they did the whole thing with Bobby Roode because they're just going to one up it tomorrow at WrestleMania, and they're going to come in with a piano in in the roller coaster with them like flying past, and then Jeff <laughs> just like be- jumps off with the ladders and like swinging and takes everyone out. Well, now it's not going to happen because you just brought it up, and they got to change plans now. But that sounds. Completely tamed to whatever I'm sure they have planned. They're probably going to drive the fucking coaster into the ring or something. That's I have nothing compared to that. That like, looks beautiful, Alex. It's it's gorgeous. Like it's be- like everyone's like, I gee, I I, I wonder if there's going to be a roller coaster. Wouldn't that be neat? And it's like, no, they have everything. There's literally an entire amusement park. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's like it's pretty oh, awesome. God. Uh, it's, it's gorgeous. Uh, that video they, that they, I feel like they honestly did that 
video that they released last night and it's up on Fightful um, uh, that just because so many unlicensed like uh, aerial shots got out over the week and they were like, okay, well, we're going to control what this looks like now. Everyone will now know what we want it to look like. It looks like this. And they literally drove the New Day over there from the Hall of Fame ceremony and set up this little thing and set up all the fireworks and blew, blew fireworks all over the place with an empty arena because they have that in the budget. It was great. Anna, did you see the, the access video that Triple H and Stephanie did? Uh, no, I don't think so. Alex, did you? No, I'm, I, I, I missed that one. Okay, well, uh, it was like a virtual tour of access. It was really awesome, actually. And Stephanie McMahon was filming it. And I'll just say this. Stephanie McMahon would film things vertically. She would. She's that kind of person. She won't turn her phone sideways like you're supposed to. Hey, people who submit stuff to Worldstar, turn your fucking phone sideways. Stop being idiots. Heal Stephanie confirmed. That's, that's the most healed thing you can do is film vertically. Is that what Oscar should have done at the end of the match? Just like pulled out she a You know how The Rock used to take the, the camera and put it on his shoulder? She should have taken a phone and made sure everybody saw it. And she should have taken Tyler Breeze's phone. He should have been in the Galloway spot. She should have taken his selfie phone, turned it vertically, made it show up on the big screen, and then everybody's like, <gasps> Oh, okay. no. I gotta no. get I, I gotta get this in because we, we brought him up. Did you see that Breeze and Fandango showed up at Access today as their uh Southpaw regional wrestling characters? That is yeah. the one I, thing that makes me I sad about not so being much. there this weekend. Like I'm sad them. in general, but this fucking hell. <laughs> I love them so much. They they deserve all of the things. Give them all of the things. Anna, yeah. before we go, I wanted to ask you, what do you think, if anything, they're doing with that giant ring? That is being used. It's being used in case it rains. That's what it's there for. Uh, I really above, want them to have a battle up there. I want, like, the match to AJ Styles and Shane McMahon to just start, and he just gets himself counted <laughs> out and just starts climbing. And he climbs up to the top thing, and then he's just like, fuck it, and jumps into the middle of the, the upper ring. There you go. Oh, no fist, just flips. If Strowman goes ape shit at the end of the Battle Royal and just starts to climb it and then he's just like tears a hole in the middle of it. Claims <laughs> he's it he's King Kong. He became Kong. Yeah. He starts swatting down planes. Yeah. Guys, exactly. visit, visit ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sean Ross Sapp and ProWrestlingTees.com slash Fightful. Use the code MANIA through this weekend. Save 15%. Over at Fightful, we have the Fightful shirt, of course, the the ill-advised new Ya Boy shirt, which I can't believe people bought and wore to WrestleMania. That's unbelievable. Or wore to NXT. That That's weird. Over at mine, you can uh, see the Crack and Fight Team shirt. I posted a bunch of pictures. That's a rad logo. You will not find a better MMA pro wrestling logo than that. And don't tell me the Bullet Club, because ours came out four years before that. Uh, so suck on that. Also, Catches Catch Can Wrestling, Ya Boy shirts. And I got that that blue Kraken as well. Use that code MANIA. Alex, where can they follow you on social media? At Pulowski the Fourth. Anna, how about you? At Anna Bowett, B-A-U-E-R-T. Anna, I'll tell you this on the air. Let me know when 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 your shit's uploaded so I can put it on the site. I have to finish it first, Sean. 
Well, or or Alex maybe because Alex keeps crazier hours than me. He's on that Central Time. He's yeah. got an hour on me. Right. Yes. I also have a, I also have a baby daughter that I'm up with all night. All hours. Ah, priorities. Yeah. Priorities. <laughs> Guys, yeah, so as always. Guys, as always, visit Fightful.com. This is a big weekend for us. We want you to come hang out in the live coverage and discussion. If you all have visited other websites with discuss forums, uh, come over there. Hang out. Either that or we'll just steal you eventually anyway. We're going to get in our our vans and we're going to kidnap you and we're going to make you type on our forums because that's what we do. Speaking of, those Fightful forums are being reworked. Not the discuss uh, ones that are on stories, but the Fightful.com forums. So eventually, we'll get those back up and going for you. Subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube. Leave us a thumbs up and an iTunes review. Every 25 reviews, I will give something away to somebody who has reviewed us uh, on iTunes. Till next time, guys, we're out. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money.